So, Nicole, the reason why I chose you is because today I want to talk a bit about your journey from man to woman and how this sure. affected you mentally and physically throughout your journey. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, something like I- I'm a straight female and it's something that I'd never even have to think about. And that's exactly why I want to discuss it because I feel like not many people actually want to talk about these things or they don't want to learn about these things. And I think it's very important mm-hmm. for an awareness point of view, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Can you tell us a little bit about your story from man to woman? Um, well, if we go many moons back, um, I, I kind of originally started questioning my own uh, my own gender when I was I think it was ten years old back then. I was living in Denmark, um, but it never really got to a point where uh, it was something that I went on with. Um, purely because there was a lack of, I should say, awareness. There was a lack of information back then. The internet was like in its infancy, and, and uh, especially here in Denmark, transgender was not a thing that you would want to be. Yeah. Um, that's kind of just the, the, the background. Um, going many years forward, when I moved to Ireland about probably around nine years ago at this stage, I, well, I, I started to feel more, more free and more, you know, at the liberty to, to express myself in a way that I haven't felt before. So I reached out to TPSG, the, the Trans Peer Support Group in Dublin. Yeah. Um, and I got, you know, I attended a few of their meetings. Um, and I immediately felt, how, how do I want to put it? I, you know, kind of like one of them, like I felt more at peace realizing that I wasn't the only one going around with these feelings and thoughts and emotions and, and you know, who about who and what I was and am. Yeah. You were saying when you were 10 years old, it was kind of something yeah. that you just kind of put to the back of your mind, you know? Um, so did you know at that age you were born in the wrong body? Yes, I knew. Looking back, it was a definite thing. I knew back then. I was very conscious about it. Um, but as I'm sure Ireland was back then, you know, Denmark was not at all on the forefront of it. And it was very... It was very looked down upon being being trans, uh, being a transgender or transsexual, as it was called back then, or, or transvestite. Um, it was very, very looked down upon. Uh, I can imagine, sure, we're not caught up with the times either, you know? Mm. Yeah. So the next thing um, I wanted to ask, do you think it's something that oh. progresses over time or are you born wanting to be the opposite sex? I, I, I truly believe that you are born with it. Uh, my understanding on the research behind it is that when you're in your mother's womb, you are soaked up in this liquid, which is filled with hormones. For my part, because uh, the basis of a human baby is female, that's you know that's the basis, and then mm. you're 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 filled up with with this hormone hormone liquid. My understanding is that. For my part, male to female, is that you you are being you're you're being soaked in in testosterone filled uh, liquid, but if it doesn't proper cover your head, 
then in your head, you're still the basis, which is female, but your body is male because that's what you've been. I keep saying so. It sounds so horrible saying it, <laughs> but I truly believe that we're we're born with it. Long story short, you think that um, it, it's it's from the womb. It wasn't a, a decision. It's something that you were born with. It's something you're born with. And then once you start being, you know, self-conscious and, and starting, you know, to develop in your body, which is normally around a 9, 10, 11, yeah. 12 age, you start being conscious about it. And I can see that in a lot of the younger trans people today come out like in, in very young age. I also truly believe that a lot of people reject what they are and who they are. Um, and I've seen that a lot, especially of the much older generation, my mom's generation, 50s, 60s. They're only coming out now because, well, it hasn't been acceptable until now. Absolutely, sure. Older generations are a bit scared of that because it's something that they've never had to deal with before. But this generation, yeah. I also feel that they're expressing a lot more. Um, like they're they're not suppressing their emotions where we had to do in the last nope. in the last couple of nope. generations. Um, and nope, on that note, mentally, you know, um, was mm. it hard being one sex and physically the other? Like especially when you're in school and stuff like that. Like that's something that you'd be bullied for. Oh God, I've been bullied a lot. I I. I don't know if it's the right way to put it, but I kind of made a decision, um, you know, when I started to have all these thoughts about my my gender and, and who and what I was when I was around the 10 years age, I wasn't female, I was suppressing it. Um, but I, I, you know, I came up with that I was gay because that kind of fitted most of the parameters and, and fit in with most of the thoughts that I had back then. And I, I went with that for about 10, yeah, about 10, 12 years. Um, wow. You know, I, I went with, with being gay and basically suppressing the, um, the thoughts and emotions of, of being a female. I was still very, you know, I was still very feminine in the way that I acted, in the way that I dressed, in my whole body posture was enormously feminine. So unconsciously, you know, I still express myself feminine, but in terms of, of, you know, how people saw me, they saw me as a gay boy or gay man rather than a, a trans woman. Yeah, and it's, it's something that you didn't even know yourself about because you, you felt maybe not comfortable exploring it because it's something, like you said, you didn't have that much information back in Denmark and Exactly. The internet and everything, like you couldn't get the information like you can do. You can just click on Google no, and search no. anything and everything yeah, will exactly. come up, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, is there any particular case of bullying that you could tell us about? Because I know I was subjected to bullying and there's some definite memories that stick out for me. I I was heavily bullied. I remember we moved quite early in my life. Um, I was probably seven or something. Um, and I remember that after the move and we started in a new school me and my brother and the especially the older boys in you know seven mm. eight nine grades they were like 15 16 would would bully me every single day when we had snow they you know they would almost drown me in the snow and they would yeah it was heavy bullying um 
I was bullied on the home front as well. There was no support at home for it uh, because we lived in a very small village. I, I, I talked a lot over it with her, and, and I remember her saying at one point that she was she was genuinely scared on my behalf because as you know, ten, eleven year old, I was I was almost in a full full on depression, and and I remember vividly that I you know I I had these suicide thoughts. Wow. Um. On on. What was the best way of doing it? How was it the, you know, how, how was it, how to avoid the pain? What's the quickest way? Um, cause I was, I was so desperate because there was no support at home. There's no support at school. Um, yeah. And that was in the age of 10, 11 that I had to go through, you know, two or three years of that. It's absolutely awful at such a young age you've had to go through that and you know coming from home not having support and then going to school like that must have been absolutely awful. I, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't want to wish it for anybody. For yeah it's, it's, it's something that no one should have to go through for just expressing and trying to be absolutely. themselves. But now listen you found yourself um, and I'm glad that you've got to where you are today <laughs> and that you're happy now and that you found yourself so that's absolutely. a really really oh, good yeah. positive. On a lawyer note I just want to get this straight okay so before you had the surgery you were classed mm-hmm. as a man who was into men yes? Yes. Okay so therefore you were known as gay and now since you have had the surgery would you now class yourself as a straight woman? No. I wouldn't. So, um, what would you identify and, and as? I I identify myself as as a pansexual woman. Okay. Um, gender is not important to me. Like, I'm. It's not important to me how people express their own gender. I don't care about that. Okay. I don't care if they see themselves as a man or a woman or they're trans or non-binary or you know if they think themselves of I don't know a fluffy animal. It's not important for me. And I've seen that a lot in the trans community when people start on on hormones, that their their sexuality change. What they're into and who they're into, that changes completely. And it happens to me as well. So do you believe that this kind of labelling people is a whole lot of malarkey? Oh, I don't use labels. Yeah. I, God, I've been labelled. My entire life I've had a label on me. And... You know, I see it as as some kind of society restriction because it's easier to deal with people when they're in these small boxes and just put a label on and, you know, okay, I need to, this is what I can say to this person and this is how I need to act like this instead of being nice to everybody. Nicole, taking the words out of my mouth, absolutely. (laughs) I I don't like labels. I'm not a fan of them and I try genuinely not to use them. So you had your surgery not too long ago, was it? Uh, a couple of years ago. Okay. And I just want to ask, what has life been ever since? Like, do you feel that was like the last missing piece that you needed to fill in? Um, no. Okay. No. Can you explain? And that's, yes, yes, I can. Um, it's it's very, and I, and I found that that's a very unique approach that I have. But I didn't need my operation to consider myself a woman or, you know, to even be happy. I didn't see my surgery as a saver of my life. I found myself 
and and I I found out who I was and what I was and how I could be happy without having to have my surgery. A lot of people and a lot of trans people see this surgery as you know this is what's going to save them. All of their problems are going to go away. They're never going to have any problems again, and they think everything is going to be peachy, and it's not. It kind of starts from within, doesn't it? And that's where it all started. Like you have to be mentally okay with yourself and not rely on a surgery. And I know that is a lot of the cases for some people where they have to rely on the surgery because they have to physically fit in with what they're feeling mentally. But I think it's great the way you've did it because you started off with the mental side first of it and being okay with it's yourself. Between five and ten years journey before you get a surgery. If you're if you're half in denial for five or ten years and you're not treating yourself well and you're not working on any mental issues that you're having that's a lot of bollocks. That's, that's you denying yourself help for five and ten years on the off chance hope that down the line a surgery is going to solve your depression, your anxiety, everything. Yeah, because you've been through this whole mental turmoil, like you've been through this mental war in your own head in order to get to where you are. And that's exactly why I'm doing this is because someone like me didn't have to worry about any of that. I just kind of was happy with what I was and I didn't feel like I was born in the wrong body, you know, and it's it's just I know some people do not want to learn this or educate themselves on this. So it's so important. You're just another human that had to take an extra couple of steps to be who they were, you know. Yeah. Um, and just on the surgery note, um, did you have sure. to pay for it yourself or were you put on a waiting no. list? No. Um, so the way it works in Ireland is that you're, um, and I'm sure you've seen the news recently, about the National Gender Clinic down in, in St. Columns Hospital down in Lockingstown. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. That's so the one. I was lucky enough to not uh, be misplaced down there. <laughs> oh, um so, so I, um, I've gone through five years of what's called hormonal therapy, hormonal replacement therapy. Yes. Um, basically a blocking of, in my case, testosterone and then adding of, uh, of estrogen. So the rough estimate of that is around, t- around five years. And then I was sent on to, um, Charing Cross over in London, where they have some of the most experienced uh, gender reassignment surgeons in, in in Europe. I was lucky enough to have the experience, the most experienced, before he went private. Wow. I was very lucky. Yeah. So everything was paid for by the Irish government, which in return, I believe, got some of it refunded from the European Parliament. So yeah, no, I didn't, I had to pay for the flight, but they were refunded to me. Okay, yeah, all right. Through the, the treatment abroad scheme. Nicole, um, what was the one thing you would like non-transgender people to be more aware of? Or is there anything you'd like to say to them who have a lack of understanding about transgender people? One piece of anything is, well, there's two small pieces. Okay. A, respect the shit out of any trans person you meet. If they correct you, you respect that correction and you go with it. It's not hard. You call a car she, for God's sake. You can call a trans woman she. Um, And B, 
uh, ask permission before asking a question. Um, a lot of trans people are very timid when it comes to being asked very personal questions. Uh, I'm not, but I'm also 30 and give a heck in everything. But a lot of people are, um, and they, you know, they get offended. So before you ask any, you know, question, do you still have your thingy? Um, ask if it's okay to ask personal questions. And just a last question, just to finish it up, Nicole, short and sweet, okay? Mm, sure. um, <laughs> short and sweet. Um, if there was one thing you could tell your 10-year-old self, what would it be? Don't ever give up. Believe in yourself every single day. And remember that, and I. this is going to sound horrible, but trust nobody but yourself. Um, and you'll do fine. And that's horrible to say, but that's the way the world is. I've had enough shit in my life to know that the only person I 100% trust is myself. Other people have been more fortunate and lucky, and I'm happy on their behalf. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and I hope your day goes well. Perfect. Thank you.